Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Lucy Kellaway's podcast from the Financial Times. There are three sorts of we in business. There is the we that executives use to show that everyone is one happy family. There's the new fashionable we about crowds and social networks. And there's the traditional we that refers to we, the workers. The first we is phony and to be avoided. The second is interesting if a little overrated. The third, though deeply unfashionable, is essential, and any manager who doesn't understand it is not going to get anywhere. My interest in we has been whipped up by two books currently sitting on my bedside table. We Are Smarter Than Me, How to Unleash the Power of Crowds in Your Business, which is all about social networks and the we number two, and the cult novel Then We Came to the End, which is a definitive guide to we number three. For we number one, the pompous we of the executive, no new book is needed. The seminal text is a memo written a few years ago by Jeff Boisey, who was then head of investment banking at Chase. In it, he urged all employees to stop using the first-person singular and to go for we instead, as it would help them share problems and dreams in candour and confidence. His reasoning went like this. We means teamwork. I is a one-man band. This is triple-A drivel. Investment bankers don't want to share dreams. They want to do deals and get big bonuses. They're a fiercely individual bunch and should stick with I. As for the we number two, the trendy we of the social network, the book We Are Smarter Than Me, to be published in October, breaks new grounds as it's not just about the power of crowds, it's actually written by one. It argues that networks are changing the rules of business. And to prove the point... It's changed the rules of publishing so that rather than paying a whacking great advance to one author, it has invited everyone to contribute to the book on the web and any royalties will go to charity. At the most basic level, I'm all in favour of we number two as it means getting other people to do your work for you and failing to pay them. Indeed, I consider myself to be a pioneer in this area. On Wednesdays, I write an Agony Aunt column in which I invite readers to do half the legwork by sending in problems as well as writing answers to other people's problems. However, what I don't like about We Number 2 is the wide-eyed, quasi-religious way that people talk about it. There's a lot of stuff about harnessing the power of community, which is the sort of phrase that makes one want to be a hermit. Despite the breathy talk, I'm not convinced that we number two is really as popular as all that or that social networks are actually changing the way that most business is done. I've just been looking at the We Is Smarter Than Me website and under the heading Buzz is a blog called The Art of Conversation, inviting comments. Number of comments when I last looked, zero. 
By far my favourite we is number three, which is the natural, colloquial we used by a group of workers. This pronoun is at the centre of Then We Came to the End, a novel about cubicle dwellers in an advertising agency. The book is written by one man, Jason Ferris, who is now getting large royalties in the traditional fashion, and who has chosen to tell the story in the first-person plural throughout. We were fractious and overpaid. The world was flush with internet cash, and we got our fair share of it. It was our position that logo design was every bit as important as product performance and distribution systems, it begins. At first, the we is awkward and unnatural, but as you read on, it becomes clear this isn't a gimmick, We is vital to understanding how an office actually works. It's a reminder that in every office, a group of people are stuck together for an improbably large number of hours, day in, day out. Together, we all experience crashing IT systems. Together, we're at the mercy of decisions made by managers. Together, we enjoy the arrival of fresh bagels. And together, we share the fear of getting fired. We doesn't imply teamwork or happy families or even people who like each other. It is simply the mundane experience of office life in close proximity that turns lots of eyes into one we. The salient point about the novel is seeing who is outside the we. Weird or disliked colleagues are inside, but managers are not, even the ones that are popular and seem like nice people. This is a pretty basic truth, yet it is one that many managers misunderstand. Bosses who think they can go to the canteen and sit hugger-mugger with everyone else are making a big mistake. I know someone who's built up a large and successful communications business. She's clever and informal and funny, and just the sort of person you would expect to be liked by everyone. And what does she say about her employees? That they are all a big happy family? No, She says that the secret to her success has been always to know that she is an outsider. Her favourite piece of advice to managers, to give people room to gossip about you behind your back. She knows that there is a we, and that that we will never include her. Thank you for listening. To read Lucy Kellaway's columns online, please visit www.ft.com forward slash Kellaway.